The following audio is from Maranatha Chapel, located in San Diego, California. For more information about Maranatha Chapel, please visit www.maranathachapel.org. God is great and he is worthy to be praised. Shalom Mishpachashel Elohim. That's Hebrew for peace, family of God. I thank God for Maranatha family. We, we are family here. We're family. I, uh, I miss my friend. Ray, how you doing, man? You hold it down up there. And, and, and yes, yes, that's my man. And, and to the angel of this house now, in the person of Daniel Bentley, Pastor Daniel Bentley. Hope you're enjoying your vacation, my brother. And uh, we're going to do real well here today. We're going to tell you. know, we, 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 we've, we've always talked about Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. We always talk about the Ruach HaKodesh. That's Hebrew for the Holy Spirit. But tonight we're going to talk about Abba Father. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Let's pray. Avino Malkenu, our Father, our King, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yisrael, we honor you this evening and we bless your holy name. We thank you, Father, for the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, who enlightens and dwells, teaches, guides, directs, comforts, and convicts. We thank you for the angel of this house in the person of Pastor Daniel Bentley. We ask your richest blessing to be with him and his family uh, as they are relaxing and taking that needed time. I ask your richest blessing to be upon these, your people, under the sound of my voice, that your spirit would rest, rule, reign, and abide. Lord, now hide this, your servant, behind the shadow of your cross. Decrease me. Muffle my voice that yours would be heard. You teach as I talk. And it's in the matchless, self-sacrificing name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, that every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, and only that name that one can be saved. We as men and women of Jehovah are touching agreement and let the church say amen. <laughs> listen, listen for that sound, because it won't be long. It won't be long. The dead in Christ will rise, and we who are alive will meet him in the air. Yes, yes, yes. That great getting up day. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Malachi. I plan not to be... Uh, Long. If I get a bunch of amens, I'll be I'll be quicker than. Uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. Malachi chapter one, verse one through six. Now, normally at the Church of Yeshua Hamashiach, uh, uh, we stand for the reading of God's sacred text. Uh, you stand if you like. If you don't, you don't have to. I just kind of like get habit forming. Uh, Malachi chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. A pronouncement, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. Malachi's name means messenger. So he's a messenger. And I, I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet you ask, how have you loved us? 
Wasn't Esau Jacob's brother? This is the Lord's declaration. Even so, I loved Jacob, but I hated Esau. Now, there's some false teachers that, 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 that will say, well, you see, the Lord hated Esau. Well, you got to know to understand the meaning of hate. He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't mean hate like we say, I hate you. What he's talking about is that he loved one maybe a little different than he loved the other one, but he still loved them. He says also to hate your mother and your father and your sisters and your brothers and your children. I mean, so do we hate them? No, but we put him first. He's the priority. I turned his mountains into a wasteland and gave his inheritance to the desert jackals. And through Edom, though Edom, through Edom says, we have been devastated, but we will rebuild the ruins. The Lord of armies says this, they may build, but I will demolish. They will be called a wicked country and the people of the Lord has cursed forever. Your own eyes will see this and you yourselves will say, the Lord is great, even beyond the borders of Yisrael. Go to, turn it a, a couple of blocks over to chapter four. Verse one says, for, chapter four, for look, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, when all the arrogant and everyone who commits wickedness will become stubborn. The coming day will consume them, says the Lord of armies, not leaving them root or branches. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. You will trample the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day I am preparing, says the Lord of armies. Remember the instruction of Moses, my servant, the statutes and ordinances I commanded him at Horeb for all Yisrael. Look, I'm going to send you prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And this is the word of the Lord. All right, you may be seated. Let's see. Now, I don't normally do this, but. All right, all right, all right. The burden, or some translations say oracle, of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi is, I have loved you. Why has the Lord set his love on his people? Well, according to Moses, he loves us because he loves us. You'll find that in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse seven through eight. It is not our love to God that saves us, but his love to us. How do you know that, Pastor D? Because 1 John 4 and 10, Romans 5 and 8, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 tells me so. 1 John 4 and 10. John, it says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, the substitute for our sins. He did not, Romans 5 and 8, he did not wait until sinners believed in him to die for us. Yeshua died for us. Now, when you hear me, you may hear me say Yeshua. If, if this is your first time visiting and you haven't heard the name Yeshua, Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. You might hear me say Yehovah. That's who we're going to be really talking about tonight, God the Father. You may hear me say Rabbi Shaul. I'm talking about Paul the Apostle. You may hear me say Yochanan, Neomersa. I'm talking about John the Baptist. So Yeshua died for us while we were still sinners. He died for us before we were saved. While we were still dead in trespasses and sins. While we were still enemies of Yehovah. God, Yehovah, most certainly proves his own love for us in that while we were sinners, practicing sinners, fix your, fix your mind with this, we were practicing sinners, like we didn't care, we just did what we did because we wanted to do it. But he loved us so much that even when we were in that state of mind, he died for us. And then Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, but God, somebody say, but God. Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ, by grace we have been saved. On June 3rd of this year, I was part of a powerful ministry entitled One Together, One New Man in Abba Father. And one of the authors is sitting here up under the sound of my voice right now. Why don't you stand up, man? <laughs> there's, there's, oh, yeah, two authors. Come on, John, you too. Yeah, both of these brothers. Uh, we had to give, give the Lord a great big hand praise for them. So they did a lot of work. And we had a real good time, one together, one new man and our father. This makes us one together based on Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Apostle's explanation in Ephesians 2, 18 through 22. How many know that right now we live in the divided states of America? The divided states of America. God does not like division. Hasatan, when I say ha, that's the, Satan, the devil. The devil divides, the devil separates, the devil don't want nobody to be together. The devil likes anti-Semitism. The devil likes racism. I'm a dark shade of brown person. I don't, I, don't, I don't go with the black and white thing. Somebody came up with that, I don't know who did. But I'm, but I'm a dark shade of brown person and I bleed red. As I look out, you're a light shade of brown person and you bleed red. But we, and then, and then when I see my Hispanic brothers and sisters, they're brown shade of brown, brown, a, 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 a light brown shade, dark medium brown shade, and they bleed red. But we're all united together with the same daddy. When we've accepted Yeshua HaMashiach as our soon coming king. If you have not accepted Yeshua, you'll get the opportunity to do that today. Because I don't want you to, let me, let me move on. <laughs> Ephesians says, for through him, let me see. 
See, this, this high tech stuff here, man. I, I, let's see. I like this. I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing with the buttons, man. <laughs> For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Yeshua HaMashiach himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. On the norm, we have a tendency to often speak about, as I said earlier, about Yeshua or the Ruach HaKodesh. But today I want us to focus and see the importance of Abba Father, that is God, that is Daddy, God our Father. Some people may have a difficult time relating to God as a father. Fatherhood is an idea that we're all very familiar with. We may project our expectations or experiences of what a father should be or has been unto our Heavenly Father. A boy who longs for a dad has a hard time seeing God as capable of filling that role. A girl who feels she has to succeed in sports and school to earn her father's approval may see her relationship with God in a similar way. For others, the word father may bring up memories. Man, I might need you to play with this. Bring up memories of abuse or neglect. How tragic that such a beautiful facet of God's character, that he is not a distant, impersonal ruler, but he's a warm and welcoming papa, is often tainted by the weaknesses of human fathers. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through his son, Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Somebody say it gave him great pleasure. Say it like you mean it. It gave God great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us. And along with all wisdom and understanding, Ephesians 1, 5 through 8, this is the introduction. Holy Spirit, now let's go to work from our text. All right. Malachi. Let's see here. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I, I made him go dark. John. I ain't, I ain't in John. No, no, let's see. Yeah, they are in Malachi. The last book of the Tanakh, that's, we know it as the Old Testament, is written to prepare people for the first coming of Yeshua HaMashiach. It is God's final word to prepare people for his arrival as Yehovah in the flesh. And there is 400 years of silence, and so it is God's way of saying, Yeshua is coming. Prepare your hearts. And then we pick up the story with the birth of Yeshua HaMashiach in the Berit Hadashah, that's known as the New Testament. And when you have final instructions for someone, 
you know that they are important. How many have given final instructions to someone? You left the house, if you left the kids in the house, you left instructions for them to do this, to do this, to do this. Anybody in here? Final instructions. It's very important. During the 400 years before Yeshua, Jehovah was silent in the sense that he did not give a prophetic word to his people, but he was actively carrying out his plan to deliver a Messiah for all people. So before your child gets married, whatever you tell them, before they walk down the aisle, that's important. Whatever you tell your child or young adult at the graduation ceremony as they are commissioned into the world, I mean, you know, that's important. If you're a soldier being deployed into the field, whatever your final instructions are, that's important. Whatever a coach would say during halftime at a football game, a basketball game, that's important. Before you take the field to close strong, that's important. The book of Malachi is Jehovah's final words, God's final words, his final instructions. The last book of the Bible in the Tanakh written preparing everyone for the coming of Yahshua, Hamashiach, Deacon Jones. The story of Malachi begins with the oracle of the word, we read that, of the Lord to Israel by Malachi, the messenger. And so it is to God's people, that's us. God's people are collectively called Israel. We've been grafted in. If you're not, if you're not born from Jewish parents, and we were once Gentiles, meaning that we were out of covenant, now I call myself a Talmud, I'm a disciple, I'm a, I'm a student of the word, I search the scriptures. And so here, here lies, when you search God's scriptures, you, you're like a Berean, and, 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 and a disciple is a student of the word, so I call myself a, a, a disciple. But the story of Malachi begins with the oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by the messenger. And God's people are collectively called Israel. Now the church has not replaced Israel. There's a lot of replacement theology going on. No, we've been grafted in. We've been grafted in and we become one with the same daddy. This would be the old covenant that people of God and the church family, God the Father ultimately is the one speaking. He is the Lord. And then there is the messenger, the one who is delivering the mail. This man's name is Malachi. <laughs> Malachi. Malachi. <laughs> now, a little bit here, this little word oracle, some of the translations might call it a burden. What this means is that God the Father has a burden on his heart. Our Father is burdened for his people. God the Father is burdened for his children. Our Father is burdened for a relationship. And so Malachi is going to reveal the Father's heart of God, and it is his intent to build a relationship with us so that we have a healthy relationship with him. And then also with family and also with friends. So, me and Pastor Ray went to lunch just about every month for, for years. 
And now me and Pastor, Pastor Dan have picked up where me and Pastor Ray left off. Pastor Ray has spoken, he did, he did a graduation exercise because I once had a Bible college. And he, he, he spoke at the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach. When I go on sabbatical in August, I'm going to put Pastor Dan in the rotation where he's going to come to San Diego and teach to the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach because we're one family. And that's where Malachi is going. So God has a burden for his people and relationship and health for his people. And as a result, he has a word to them. So God cares and God speaks. And ultimately, when God speaks, it is the word of the Lord. Now, this is significant. Why? Because this book is unlike any other book that has been or will ever be written. There are a lot of words about God, philosophy, religion, speculation. This is not a word about God. This is the word of God. And when we open it, it we receive a word from God. And this is very important because what he is claiming is this, the word of the Lord. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so as our father is communicating to us, we are literally hearing from God. We are receiving a message, a revelation, instructions from our Father as we open this sacred text. And it's interesting as well. The man who delivers it, he is the mailman. And I said his name is what? And in chapter 3, verse 1, we are told that his name literally means messenger. His name means messenger and that is his appointed duty and responsibility in the sight of God is to be a messenger. All of that to say, when you open this book, you are going to learn a lot about God. And you're gonna learn next to nothing about this man, Malachi. He doesn't tell us about his parents. He doesn't tell us about his history. He doesn't tell us about his pedigree. We really know virtually nothing about Malachi. Here's why. Because it's about daddy. <laughs> it's about Abba Father. It's about Abba Father. Av Lakal, the father of us all. We're going to learn about that tomorrow morning at 8.30. Av Lakal, the father of us all, and his relationship with us as his, my grandmother used to call him chilling, as his chilling. We are his children, his people, and Malachi doesn't meddle in the middle. A lot of folk like to meddle in the middle. Malachi don't meddle in the middle. There's a good relational principle here, and that is that sometimes we need to get out of the way and just let people talk to daddy and hear from God for themselves. How many of us have reached that point with people? <laughs> We're like, well, if I argue with them, it's always going to go bad. I'll let God argue with them. It'll probably go better. And sometimes, so sometimes this is saying, I'm not going to just hammer you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the book. I'm going to give you the Bible. I'm going to go buy you a nice Bible and you read it and you deal with God. Let me get out of the middle, because if I'm in the middle, I'm on metal. So we talk to God, we pray to God, we study God's word. We work it through with God. Malachi chooses not to meddle in the middle. 
He's the messenger, he's not the meddler. Some of us just want our family members to get connected to the Lord, and that's good, but we are in the middle. But sometimes in the middle, we're not the messenger, we're the meddler. And sometimes it's just getting out of the way and saying, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna give you God's word, and I'm gonna let you talk to God. I'm gonna let God talk to you. That's what Malachi does. And the people of God have a problem with God and he allows them and encourages them to deal directly with the Lord. So again, there's the introduction, here's the word of God. God is going to speak to his people. Here's the good news. I believe as we open the word of God, we receive a word from God. The same God who spoke to them wants to speak to us. Daddy wants to say, how y'all doing? Daddy wants to say, I got you. Daddy wants to hear from you. And now it's important to consider what will God's first words be? When there's a relationship, how we start the conversation oftentimes determines its conclusion. Our genesis determines our revelation. Where we begin can affect where we end. Here's what God begins, Malachi 1 and 2. First, we should know our father speaks first. He, he initiates the conversation. And God says, I have what? I have loved you. God starts with ahava. Say ahava with me. Ahava. Say it with me. Ahava. Ahava. That's the Hebrew word for love. He says, I have loved you. A couple of things I want you to know about God from Malachi. Number one, God is our father. In chapter one, verse six, he says, I am a father. In chapter two, verse 10, he says, I'm the only father. Because some people are like, well, can we get a new dad? <laughs> nope, you got to deal with this one. He is as new as new going to get. Some of the books of the Bible are gonna really focus on Yeshua, like the Gospel of John. Some, 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 some of the books, I think I saw that up there. <laughs> They're gonna focus on the second person in the Council of the Godhead, some of the books, the Ruach HaKodesh. And who is the Ruach HaKodesh? That's the Holy Spirit. Malachi really focuses on God the Father and the Father heart of God. So think of his people like kids who are throwing a fit and having a tantrum. God is our Father who is dealing with his rebellious kids. Number two, God knows what his kids are saying, doing, and thinking. God is not a father who is uninvolved or non-relational. He's paying attention. How many of you here know that God's paying attention? He's paying attention. He's paying attention. He's paying attention to racism. He's paying attention to anti-Semitism. He's paying attention to hatred. He's paying attention to what's going on in this world. But he wants the best for us. He don't want to leave us as we are. He wants us to practice holiness in lieu of practicing sin. He knows what his kids are thinking. He knows what his kids are saying. He knows what his kids are doing. God pays attention. Number three, God calls a family meeting. 
we're in a family meeting. God calls the family meeting. So as we read the book of Malachi, think about it. God is our father. We are his people as a family, John. And where there's a problem in a family, if it involves one of his kids, go, you, we go meet with that kid. If it involves more than one of the tribe, children, then the father calls a family meeting. God calls a family meeting. When we come together at Maranatha Chapel, when we come together at the church of Yahshua Hamashiach, we had a Shabbat service today and one of my associate ministers, Jonathan Anderson, he'll be with me in the morning. He brought a great message on Balak. That was the Torah portion today. Sundays, we come together. We only have, we have, we have in the no Bible study at the church of Yeshua Hamashiach at 8 to 8.45. And then our service starts at 9 and we, I don't hold nobody hostage. We're usually out about 10.40. So we meet on Sundays. But I need you to know that this right now is a family meeting. That at times in our family we need to call a family meeting. God calls a family meeting. So as we read Malachi, we can read it in about 15 minutes. It's a short book. I want you to read it over and over and over again and start. When you're reading it, think dinner table. Think living room. Think couch. Think family room. Think family meeting where the father is leading and loving his family. Number four, God doesn't act like a sibling. What happens is sometimes children would not respect and honor the authority of the parent. So they sort of shoot a torpedo up the, command of, up the chain of command trying to get the parent rattled and emotional and freak out and then respond like a sibling rather than a parent. God doesn't act like a sibling, he acts like a parent. And when we take it personal, we make it personal. Some of us, if the kids yell at us, we yell back at them. Ladies, you just went from mom to sister. Or dad, you went from dad to brother. Some of the kids say something crazy, we, something, we say something crazy back. We just went from parent to peer. So God doesn't act like a sibling. He doesn't come down from his place of authority, though he's still loving. Number five, God meets us where we are to bring us where we need to be. He meets us where we are to bring us where we need to be. How many of you are parenting adult children? It's harder to parent an adult children. Let the church say amen. When kids are little, let's say the kids are not where they're supposed to be physically, what can you do? Hey, that's the toilet, get out of there. You know, here's toys here. We trade toilet for toys, that's what we do. Well, what about when they're 25 years old? You can no longer pick them up and throw them up in the air to catch them, they're bigger than you. And they're frustrated at how do you move on an adult child? Through a relationship one step at a time. Through a relationship one step at a time. Meeting them where they are and walking with them through influence, through love, and a relationship to where they need to be. That's what Abba Father is demonstrating and modeling here with us as his adult children. 
we're not where we're supposed to be, but I'm better than I used to be, but I'm, I'm headed to be better than I am now. He says, I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you through influence. I'll walk with you in love. And I'll take you where you need to be. Somebody say, Enoch walk with him. Say it like you mean, Enoch walk with him. And then he was no more. And then there's number six, God starts with love. All healthy relationships have to start with love. And this is very different for those of us that may not know from the other religions of the world. Really, we can break down religions into two categories. One is called works and the other one is grace, which grace means love in action. All other religions teach works and that is if the child performs, I'll be your parent. If the child obeys, I'll love you. Our Father God says, because I am your parent, my love will change your performance. Because I am your father, my love for you will change your performance. Somebody has said, well, Pastor, uh, I don't have to go to church to be saved. And you don't. But if you save, you'll go to church. <laughs> because you'll read Hebrews 10 to 25 says, do not forsake the assembling of others as they did in the rebellion. Yeshua says it this way. I love you. And if you love me, you'll obey me. The loving relationship leads to our change in behavior. We have an attitude of gratitude based on what, and I say this reverently, based on what this man did on our behalf. When I say man, I'm talking about Yeshua HaMashiach, I'm talking about Jesus the Christ. He was 100% human and he was 100% divine. That's known as the hypostatic union. Humanity and divinity merged together. The hypostatic union. And with that, he paid a price that no one else could pay. He died so that we can live. And he established this loving relationship, and that leads to our change and our behavior. Some of us grew up in a performance-based relationship where the parents said, if you do good, I'll love you and, if, and have a relationship. And if you don't do good, I'll punish you and cut my relationship off of you. Well, daddy, I'm a father, God, he comes and says, I love you, no strings, no conditions. God's love forgives the sins that we are committing and changes our heart to not commit them anymore. So, ah, let the church say amen. amen. God's love changes us to be more like him because we become like those whom we love the most and have loved us the most. That make sense? Sometimes we just need a word from our Father. And some of us, we're here today and we're like, well, I, I just don't know, Pastor D. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know where to go. What are you saying up there on that pulpit? What are you saying? I don't know how to respond. I don't know. I need a word from my Father. Let's face it, my Father's children. Folk need a word from our Father, Jehovah God. And so, what they get is the word of God, but God doesn't just give an individual word to every single person in the nation. He writes a book of the Bible for every person in the nation and also for all the nations. So check this out. If you need 
or when you need a word from God, the surest, best way to get a word from daddy is to open the book. He wants to holler at you. Cedric the Entertainer, when he closes, he says, I'll holler. <laughs> he wants to holler at you. He wants to talk to you. If I go back to the first book in the Tanakh, where's Pastor Joe? How much time I got? Am I good? If I go back to the first book of the Tanakh, that's the Old Testament, Genesis, Bereshit, the book of the beginnings, chapter 25. Abba Father, Jehovah, Daddy, he tells us a story about a man named Abraham. The story of Abraham is this. Abraham is a bad guy. He comes from a godless nation. I can't get into all of it, but Numbers even says that Abraham's dad was a godless, ungodly, pagan worshiper of a false demon god. He's a bad guy from a bad family doing bad things. God comes down and says, I pick Abraham. Not because Abraham is good, but because God is good. And God makes a problem a promise rather to Abraham, through you will come Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the savior of the nations, the forgiver of sins, the son of God. That's amazing all by itself. So Abraham is chosen by grace and he is not yet a Hebrew, a Jew, he's a Gentile. He's just a regular old pagan guy. Now, Abraham has a wife named Sarai, Abram, Sarai, Sarah. Abraham has a son named Isaac, Isaac. That son, Isaac, has Abraham's grandsons, the twin boys, Jacob and Esau. They start wrestling and fighting in their mother's womb. How many of you have got two sons who you've seen do this? They, they, they're always getting into it. They're always going at it. These are very different boys, but, but, but here it is. They're both bad boys, Esau, Jacob. And Abba, Father, God is going to pick one of them to be the line through whom the nation of Israel comes. And ultimately, Yahshua, Jesus, our Savior. Jacob and Esau are bad guys, and they're different, but they're bad in different ways. So Jacob is a mama's boy. Esau is a daddy's boy. Horrible things happen in the family when we play favorites. God is not a God who chooses favorites based on his whims or even based on our good action. He loves every human being and we are all created in his image. Those who have put their faith in Yeshua HaMashiach are children of God. If you confess Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, as your Lord and Savior, you are his child. If you do not accept him, you're just his creation. And the only way to get to the Father is through the Son. Now, I, I don't know how many people are watching this, but there are not many ways to heaven. Nope. There's a wide gate and there's a narrow way. Many find the wide gate few find the narrow way. And because we family, we can sit here and we can chop it up like this, because we family. But there's some people out there 
that they stuck with this wide gate. And the Lord wants us, Daddy wants us to help them, to bring them in, because he loves them too. He loves them too. How do I know that? Because I was running wild for a lot of years. And the Lord, he said, boy, enough is enough. But we'll be here all night if I go into that story. So, 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 so let, me, let, me, let, me, let me get on. If God shows favor to someone, it is because his judgment is always perfect. To be clear, favoritism is generally defined as giving preferential or unfair treatment to one group of the expanse of another. However, favor is approval of something or an act of kindness beyond what is due. There's one of the underlying themes of Genesis. Jacob is very tender. Esau is very tough. Jacob drives a Prius. Esau drives a truck, a diesel truck with a lift and night lights. Let's get back to Malachi. So Genesis begins with Adam walking with God in the garden in the cool of the evening. Malachi ends not with the parting of God from Adam, having enjoyed the fellowship, looking forward to the next evening. Rather, no promise to come, instead another is sent. No promise to fellowship, instead a demand to change. No promise to bless, instead a promise to smite. The family is a radical and fundamental organization and agency in human society. It is the original source of authority, government, morality, and religion. Without family ties, family government, and discipline, family virtue and piety, the church could not exist. And society would quickly relapse into anarchy and barbarism and fall to pieces. But we all have to come together as one unit in, the, in daddy. Here are the roots of godly, godliness, of self-government, of right development, is it any marvel then that Father God guards the family sanctity and life with such jealousy and lays upon the marital and parental relations such solemn sanctions and obligations? There is no more alarming sign of the times than the decay of the decay of family having a personal relationship with our Father. It's a decay. We need to reestablish our relationship with Daddy. Reestablish our relationship with him. He started all this. Yeshua played it out. And now the Ruach Hakodesh, he has taken up residency within our hearts to have us come together and have a family meeting. He wants us to love on each other. He don't want us to hate one another but he wants us to love him as the priority. Family government is fearfully relaxed. Family religious instruction is almost a thing of the past. Parental restraints have come to be obnoxious. Children has lost reverence for their parents, has lost reverence for the home has lost reverence for the altar. In 10,000 years, the altar is broken down. Fear and reverence of God without Christian training and restraint and go forth into the world wholly unprepared to resist temptation or to meet the responsibilities of life. 
We must have a speedy and grand revival of family relationship with God or else we're doomed. Nothing else can stay the tide of, re of religious or relationship declension. In faith and in practice, the tide of demoralization that threatens to make a clean sweep of social integrity, of law and order, and social and self-government. We must heed the divine warning uttered by Malachi, or God will smite us with a still more fearful curse. Return to Yeshua. He is our only way to Daddy. He's our only way to Abba Father. He's our only way to Yehovah. God, that's the revelation of our Father's heart to us tonight. He loves you. He loves us so much that he don't want to leave us. Somebody say, well, I was born like this. Well, that's why you need to be born again. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've witnessed to a lot of people. And I've heard that. I was born like this. Well, I was born with a lying tongue. I was born with jealousy in my heart. I was born with, with prejudices in me. I was born like that, but now that I'm born again, I practice holiness in lieu of practicing sin. I love everybody. I don't care who you are. I love you in the, with the love of Yeshua. Even if you say, I hate your guts. Well, I love you. But just don't violate the space here talking about you hating. Because <laughs> there's another definition to turn another cheek. <laughs> I want to say this. And I'm and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna give it over to the worship team. If you were led to this building, because because once once we've accepted Yeshua, we're saved. We're part of the body. But if you were led to this building, because this is not this is just a building, but I want you to become part of the church. This is just a building. This is a sanctuary. It's sacred. But we are the church. Once you've accepted Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah as your Savior, you are the church. If you were led to this building on Coastal Road tonight, and you have not accepted Jesus, Yeshua, as your personal Savior, if that's you, you want to come forward, come. Well, I can say a prayer with you and pray for you. Is there one? Now, here's the trick of the enemy. He'll hold you locked in your seat to tell you don't move. If you don't want to come up here, that's okay. But take some time out before you leave this building. Because I, I would because when you least expect it, you're elected. I feel that I'm in pretty good shape. But if it's my time to go home today, it's 725, the Lord can take me right now. You can be healthy as an ox. It don't matter. 
when the Lord's time for you to come home, it's time to go home, no matter what. And it's as simple as going down the Roman road. Romans 3 says that we all fall short of the glory of God, all of us. Romans 3 and 23. Romans 5 and 8 says that God demonstrated his love for us, yet when we were practicing sinners. Romans 6 and 23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life. Romans 7, Rabbi Shaul, we know him as Paul the Apostle. He said, I do those things that I do. I don't know why I do them. It's not me, but it's the sin that's in me. But then he continued to pen because there were no chapters and verses when he was writing. And he says in what we know is chapter 8, therefore now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, you're no longer condemned. If you're not in him, you're condemned already. That's why I'm going to give this call out again. If you have not accepted Yeshua as your Savior, come on down. Let's pray. If you know somebody that's out there outside of this building and that person has not received, first pray for them before you get to them and then introduce them to Yeshua. Meet them where they are and introduce them to Yeshua because this with urgency. I'm not one to sit up and watch CNN and MSNBC and Fox and all that, but the news pops up on my phone and stuff is happening, y'all. And it's no surprise that stuff is happening because it has to happen before he returns. And there's a lot of people out there that are going through this wide gate because many find the wide gate. Only few find the narrow way. Be that instrument of righteousness. As I go through Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, that Jehovah raised Yeshua, God raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says you shall be saved. Romans 9 through 11 is for the Jewish people to remind that they are still God's people. We've been once out of covenant, we were once Gentiles, but now we're no longer Gentile, but we're disciples. We've been grafted in, and now we're part of Israel. Come to Yeshua. Come to Daddy. He's awaiting your arrival. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our weekend services held Saturday evening or Sunday morning. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.